What's up, everyone? My name is Wanda Tima, and you are listening to The Sweet Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for all your support and the love you guys have been showing us on social media. The Sweet Podcast is powered by your favorite Haitian, Haitian diaspora platform, Linear Sweet, where we are redefining the narrative of Haiti and Haitians every day. So thank you everyone for tuning in. Um, so I am happy to be able to do this interview sitting next to me, not really next to me on the screen, is <laughs> Erin. So if you've been following us the um, last couple of days, of course, we shared a video of Erin from YouTube. So woke up Sunday, saw this video of Erin, who's a nurse from South Florida. And she was at the hospital at the time and was talking about her experience being at the hospital after finding out that she has COVID-19. So from there, she kind of talked about her experience, her frustrations, and also was given a lot of information to other nurses that's in her position who are also working right now about some of the things that they should be aware of that they may not be um, aware of while they're working. So it's been a couple of days. As you can see from the screen, she's at home. So we want to welcome her. She's taking some time out to talk to us tonight to answer some of your questions. So share this video. We are currently live right now on Facebook, on YouTube, and on Twitter, which is also Periscope. So welcome, Erin. How are you? I'm saying Heron, Hara, Erin. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you for, for having me. Um, you know, I'm home right now being self-quarantined and I'm very happy to be. Yeah, one so, of the things that I talked about this week on our social was the fact that people are using the word isolated, social distancing, and you just said quarantine. So I said quarantine because that's what it feels like. Because when you say quarantine and people are like, like what does what does quarantine mean? Tell us what that means. Like you basically it means self-isolation and that's what I've been doing so you know I'm I'm here by myself actually um my family's in Miami being isolated at my mom's house so I'm here by myself so, so you're in the room by yourself so what are you doing right now as far as um food and water like what are you um, by yourself or you're in your house in a room by yourself I'm actually in a house uh, well, in a room by myself. I'm in the master bedroom. Um, my husband and my father, before I got discharged, they actually um, transformed this into my little quarantine corner. Mm. So I don't know if you want me to like give you like a little tour on what it looks like to be in here. Okay, so um, I was actually standing in front of a lamp. So if you look over here, this is actually where my husband and I's closet. So they have this all like um, taped down because you know we wouldn't want any of, of um, basically the fact that it, it's supposed to be droplets. So we wouldn't want anything to get in between our closet, inside our closet to get in our clothes. So plastic. Yeah, that's actually plastic, um, and it's actually taped down like all around the walls. So the closet can be protected and all the clothes because it was just too many things to move out of the room. Um, my baby, his, uh, his playpen and all his clothes and everything actually used to be in this room. 
So everything was completely moved out because I didn't want anything that belonged to the baby, you know, in the room to be exposed to anything, especially when I do test negative, you know, I would want my baby back in this room. So I have um, a purifier actually here on the ground that's going constantly. And actually from the, the door, you can't really see it, but um, before you enter, there's actually like a zipper that zips completely shut for me to be in the room. Wow. So when it comes to uh, water and stuff, I have um, water that's stacked up over here. I have, uh, I always set up six bottles of water a day so I can drink throughout the whole day. And I have actually cases of water that was brought to me by family and friends stacked up here so I can stay hydrated. Um, my husband has a bin here with clean clothes for me so I can wear every day. And this room already has a bathroom connected to it so I don't have to leave the room. So my husband usually comes, uh, usually comes in the afternoon to basically bring me food. And in the morning he'll, you know, he'll come in inside the, the room, you know, unzip it, come inside and he'll bring me breakfast and all that. But, you know, I try to stay inside the, the room because I don't want to contaminate, um, you know, the other, the rest of the apartment. So I try to stay in that room. And just watching that, I'm like literally getting chills right now because there's a lot of people that's not taking this serious that think it's, you know, it's not as bad and just kind of even seeing how you're living right now. And like, it's just like, it's like this awakening of this is real. Like if you didn't know this was real, this is real. And I mean, I know right now, you know, you're smiling of course, because you're home now. So before we get into a little bit more talking about, you know, your family and being in quarantine for people that probably didn't see your YouTube video, like, when did like your nurse let's talk about you being a nurse and when did you find out um or when did you start feeling not feeling well enough to decide to get tested um well it, it took series of events because initially when i got sick i would have never thought you know it's because i got the covid i honestly thought when i first initially got sick um four days after dealing with that first possible COVID patient, I thought that, you know, I just had the flu. So um, even though when I first um, dealt with the COVID patient at Wednesday, um, you know, I just, I was, I was panicking. I was, was the protocol. Um, what did we have to do? We the first time dealing with this, you know, I was talking to the patient the whole time and all I had on was a yellow mask. And after they moved the patient to isolation was when I actually got a N95. And, you know, in my mind, I'm like, what is, what is I already, you know. What is an N95? Uh, N95 mask is actually one of the masks that is supposed to protect you with, uh, from airborne, uh, it's basically an airborne precaution mask. Um, when a patient is uh, supposedly on droplet isolation, we usually use uh, one of the yellow masks. It really depends on you know, what exactly um, the patient have for them to be on a specific isolation, their specific mask that you give. So with yeah. the COVID-19, it was recommended that you have to use a N95 mask when you're caring for the patient. So I actually ended up getting the N95 mask 
you know, after they put the patient in isolation and then they wanted me to go in the room and draw blood and all this stuff. So, you know, I, you know, even though I was already exposed to the patient and I had the yellow mask on, you know, I still, I just put on the N95 and went in there to um, uh, draw the blood. So I had, um, they ended up giving me one of those uh, plastic gowns and I had the N95 and I had, you know, my gloves and I went in the room. And, you know, after that, my shift was over. So that Saturday of that week, I basically called, you know, my manager and I asked him, you know, about the patient. And I was like, oh, um, you know, what, what happened to the patient? Is everything okay? You know, I need to know this because that after that day I worked, I was going to be off for five days. So, you know, I was going to be home with my family and all that. So, you know, I called him and I asked him and he told me, oh, you're fine. Oh, you're protected with that yellow mask on. So. After, you know, that conversation, you know, I called my husband and I let him know, like, you know, they told me that, you know, I should be fine. I had the yellow mask on. I should be okay. That Sunday, I got sick. I had a really bad fever, uh, temperature above 103, and I was just burning up. So I was self-medicating myself with Tylenol because, you know, I th I'm thinking it's just a fever. I'm not going to go to the hospital for a fever when, you know, I know what to do for a fever. Mm -hmm. So... I just kept taking Tylenol the next day, same thing, all the way up to Tuesday, I had that fever. The fever, the body aches, chills, the back, back aches, neck pain, I had all that. So this whole time I thought, you know, I was fighting the flu. When I felt better on Wednesday, you know, the fever finally broke, I decided to go back to work because I'm like, all right, I'm finally over this flu, I'm gonna go back to work, I'm fine. So I went to work and um, I was still, like while I was working, I started feeling sick again. I started having chills and, you know, I wasn't having the pain or the body aches anymore. It was just the chills. And, you know, I felt my body was getting hot. And, you know, I just basically let them know, like, hey, if you're flexing anybody home, you know, I'd like to go home early. You know, that same night, I also took care of two droplet precaution patients. And one patient towards the end of the night, I had to test that patient for COVID which was, you know, the same, one of the same patients that was on the droplet isolation. So I ended up testing that patient for COVID also. So, you know, after the shift was over, you know, I went home, took a shower. And I, as I was laying there, I just felt my body temperature was just getting hot all over again. So I took my temperature and um, my temperature was higher than 103.5. So, you know, I, I text one of my friends who was the charge nurse and I let her know like, hey, this is what I'm feeling. This was my temperature. I know, you know, I I'm tachycardic. I need to come in. So she told me to come in, come in and get swabbed. So I told my husband, you know, drop me off at the hospital. You don't have to wait for me. You know, the baby was with us also. So, you know, dropped us off, dropped me off at the hospital in front of the tent. And the first thing they did was they swabbed me for the flu and they swabbed me for the COVID. And, you know, they put, they put me in the tent while I wait came out, they checked my vitals. Um, my heart rate was 130. You know, I still had that fever of 103. So, you know, they told me, you know, you're very septic and they brought me inside the ER. So while I was there, they basically tested me for everything. Like they did all my blood work. Um, they did a CT of my chest. They also did a CTA of the chest and my lab work, everything came back negative. You know, it didn't even look like I had an infection. So no signs of infection was showing. I didn't have a white count. Um, there was another lab called Lactic. 
uh, that will let you know for another sign of infection and signs of sepsis. That was negative. It didn't show that, you know, I had any signs of infection, but in the chest x-ray and the CTA, it did show that I had pneumonia. Um, so, so this whole time, you know, I'm feeling horrible, but my labs are not reflecting how I'm looking. So that's when the doctors basically felt that I had the COVID. So they ended up putting me as, you know, possible COVID because of that. So, so from wait, there, so I got admitted. still didn't know, like, even with everything, like, you're feeling this bad, you're this sick, but right away your test is still not saying that's what it is? Yeah, my tests were not reflecting how I was looking on the outside. And I think that's the tricky thing about this is, um, you know, you're physically sick, but your test results aren't showing it, which leads them to that conclusion to probably think this is what you have. You know, this is a different, this was a different type of fever. I've never felt this fever before. Yeah. So this was something completely different for me. Because what I was getting ready to ask you, because you said the first time you felt sick, you stayed home, kind of took care of yourself, felt a little better and went back to work. So what I was getting ready to ask is if it's a possibility that the first time you did have a flu, but then you went back in and re-exposed yourself, then you got sick then. That's kind of where I was going to go. But then now that you're saying everything with the test results is almost like, would you even have known when you got it the first time, the second time? Would I wouldn't have known. Even they tested me for the flu and that came out negative. So literally everything came out negative. Nothing showed that I had any infection. Wow. Okay, I see a lot of people dropping questions and everything right now, but um, we're gonna hold off before we get to the questions. So you're in the hospital now at this point. You're, what happens? You, you're tested positive and they do what? Put you where? Because that's when your YouTube um, video came up. Um, actually, um, I got admitted to the hospital. Um, I was told there was a sepsis and pneumonia and also to rule out possible COVID. So. One night, the first night I got there, um, I did not get my test results. I actually got it um, the end of the shift of the day shift that following morning. That's when I was able to get the result. My day shift nurse, before her shift ended, she basically told me like, you know, your test results are here and you tested positive for the COVID. He also tested positive for two different strands of SAR. Uh, SAR is basically an uh, upper respiratory um, syndrome type of virus um, that I recently found out is um, there's one of them that was actually incorporated with the COVID. Wow. This is why some people would have these upper respiratory um, issues. So now you're in the hospital, you're, you're getting all these results back, of course, you know, you're freaking out. And you decide to make the video, why? Because were you, they were taking care of you, they weren't taking care, what happened to where you decided, now I need to put this information out on my own because? Well, I initially made that first video, the first video that, you know, basically uh, showed that I was in isolation. I made that first video because I already started my YouTube page and I was posting weekly and that week that I was off and I was sick. You know, that was around the week that I was going to post, but I didn't post anything. So 
you know, I told myself, let me go online and just post an update on what's going on and where I'm at and why, you know, I haven't posted anything because it was starting to become like regular routine for me and my son to just get online and just post. So I decided to just post that I am on isolation. And, you know, I wanted to basically, hopefully, see a positive result out of being here. And hopefully it's not, you know, a COVID. Hopefully it was just a scare. But come to find out, you know, when I did get my results, I was in shock more because of the fact that I was scared for my son because I was around him so much when I was, you know, I was around my family so much. And the thing is, I, I don't know, around that time, I didn't know how it would affect children, especially seven-month-old. You know, I, I have not seen any case of the seven-month-old come to find out. My son is actually the first case of Florida for the seven-month-old. He is the youngest to have the test positive for COVID. So, you know, I did, I did not know how this would affect my son and the way I was feeling. I did not want my son to feel like this because he is still a baby. And, you know, I didn't want him to, you know, feel this way because he would not be able to verbalize and tell me how he's feeling. And it would break my heart to know my son would be in this position. So I really started panicking because of that. And, you know, I was, I wanted to urge everyone to protect themselves because this thing came home with me. Yeah. And it was very scary because the fact that I brought it home. And then in the video, you talked about your family's reaction and then trying to get them tested. And what happened with that? With that, because my family wasn't showing the symptoms that I was having, they basically didn't test them. But I basically had to fight for that because I tested positive. So now, you know, just because my family isn't showing any symptoms, how do you know they're not testing positive? How do you know they're not going on the street and infecting somebody else? You know, I wouldn't want them out there spreading this because this is how things spread. Yeah. You know, like it's like it became basically a, like a domino effect, you know, and I didn't want it to be a domino effect let's say if they were to go out to the store to try to buy something, they're probably a carrier, they're, a, they're asymptomatic, somebody else may not have that same reaction as them, and they might not be asymptomatic towards it. So once they get sick, they won't even know where they got it from, not knowing that somebody next to them is probably a carrier. And this is why we're telling everyone to stay home. Don't go out, you know, stay self-quarantined, stay home, because you don't know if you're a possible carrier, and then you're spreading it. And, and so did your family eventually get treated? Because they're saying, well, well, here's the thing. You, you're tested positive. You've been around your family. You've been around your baby. Why in that moment is your family not automatically all swept out of the streets? Like, no, everybody in this corner because she's positive. Why is it not like an urgent thing in that moment? I really can't tell you why. And you know what? I didn't even feel like I had a sense of urgency when they felt that I... I was possible, I was a possible case because this whole time I was, um, when I was for 12 hours, my husband was in the room the whole time with a yellow mask on. Even after when they thought that, you know, he was positive. Well, they thought that I'm probably positive. You know, no one never told him to get out of that room. You know, he was there the whole time. So I wanted my family to get tested because I was, you know, scared that I probably brought it back to them. They did eventually get tested the next day. Okay. So right now I'm still waiting on their test results. They got tested on the 21st and today is the 26th. And I'm still waiting 
on the test results. My baby only got his test results, you know, apart from them because um, when he had a fever, my husband took him to a children's hospital. So it's nothing from, you know, my hospital. He went to a children's hospital. And the doctor called me the next day after they did all his tests and told me that he was positive. So in that moment with now the baby being tested, what happens? How is he treated? Um, well, one, when my baby actually got tested, um, I didn't know because I was in the hospital and my husband didn't want to worry me. He didn't even tell me that um, my baby had a fever because they were all trying to keep me calm because the fact that, you know, I was there by myself and I was so sad and I couldn't be with him. So when that fever happened, they, I, they didn't even tell me. I only found out because I was getting test results on my phone for my son and I had called my husband and I asked him like, um, did you take Malcolm to the hospital? And you know, he hesitated at first and then he eventually told me like, yes, I took him to the hospital and I asked him why and he was like, oh, he had a fever. And then I just literally like just started panicking all over again because I'm just like, oh my God, this is what I didn't want. And you know, but he told me that he was doing better. And, you know, it was just that day, he, that morning he had a fever of 101.5. Uh, and then that afternoon he ended up having a low-grade fever of 100.5. So basically they were telling us to treat this like the flu for kids because, um, you know, they're going to be having fevers. So every four hours to give him children Tylenol based on his weight or based on whatever the doctor told him. And um, if he does start having any respiratory issues or cough or he's acting out of the usual, then, you know, we take him back to the hospital. But for the time being, since he is uh, asthmatic and he isn't having, you know, any life-threatening emergency, he's able to stay home to be self-quarantined because he's stable. So now you know, I'm very happy. So, that home, so. so how is he doing now? How, well, how many days has it been since he was tested and how is he doing um, he was tested, uh, I believe on the 22nd, on the 22nd, from what I can remember. Um, he's actually been fine. He's been playing around. My husband's been sending me videos and pictures of him. Um, he actually got, he's growing, uh, two little teeth in the bottom, but he's going around biting everybody in the house. <laughs> so now he's tested and he's positive and you're still waiting on your parents. So your husband has now with him don't even know like if the rest of the family is positive or negative at this point and everyone's kind of together. Everyone's just there together. You know, they've, they've been isolated together since I've been in the hospital. You know, my husband, he's the one basically holding everything together. You know, making sure everybody stays sane because everyone was so concerned about me in the hospital. You know, I, I would tell them, you know, I'm fine you know, to try to keep them calm, but I know they don't believe me because they can hear me in the, while I was in the hospital coughing and, you know, trying to catch my breath. But, you know, as much as I say that I'm fine, I know everyone was worried. So my husband's been literally holding it down the whole time. So the hospital, um, let's talk a little, let's go back there a little bit and talk about what treatment was like. Cause you're home, so I'm sure a lot of people are like, well, you're feeling better, you say you're feeling better. Did you get like this miracle treatment or was there something provided to you to where you were able to go home? Like, how did you end up home? Um, while I was in the hospital, I was getting the hydrochloroquine, which was a malaria um, pill that everyone was talking about that the CDC recommend. That's probably a treatment for 
the um the covid uh that was offered to me the first night when i got there i took it tonight and it gave like instantly i spiked, i spiked the fever and i was sick throughout the whole night i didn't eat i didn't drink or anything i was just so sick when i took it so i you know i let the nurse know like hey i'm not gonna take this pill anymore i'm only gonna take my antibiotic and you know my pepsid for my stomach while i'm here and you know the fluids that i've been getting and i've also been drinking a lot like seven water bottles while i was over there i had um co-workers coming in sneaking water bottles for me and you know making sure that i stay hydrated because i told them you know i'm not drinking the hospital water and plus you know every day they were bringing me cold water so I, I, i'm not drinking cold water because i have pneumonia so i've been drinking my water bottles so and trying to stay hydrated so i've only been getting the azithromycin uh antibiotic while I was there and you know I told myself I had to get better for my son because I don't I don't want to stay here so I haven't been doing anything different since I've been home um they well, when did they a prescription for the, I'm sorry when did when did they decide to send you home what what at they, what point was it okay to send you home uh the doctor said that I had to go 24 hours without spiking a fever Okay. Till you know, I'll be stable to go home. So after that, he spoke with the infectious disease doctor, so to make sure they were both on the same page. Okay. And so now you have to be quarantined for how long? Um, they said that I have to continue the quarantine for you know fourteen days. So five days in the hospital. Um, uh, they the doctor told me five days in the hospital that I did already count for that 14 days to continue. So I have to continue um, these nine extra days at home and then I would have to retest negative and then I have to wait another week, seven days to retest negative again. Wow, so you just, you have a little, a little ways before you're really like in the clear. Right. Wow. So since doing your video, I mean, you've obviously have gone viral. I saw you on the local news uh, two nights ago. And one of the main things that you talked about is like other healthcare professionals, making sure they're aware of all these different things that you aren't aware of. Um, you know, a lot of other nurses rallied behind you on our page alone. I think it had like 300,000 people had been reached and everyone was really supporting you. So what, what has that been like? What has the response to that been like even at your hospital? Um, hopefully, you know, there's changes that, that are happening and different facilities all over to protect the nurses because if we're sick we can't take care of these patients that are coming in mm -hmm. and you won't have any staff so you have to protect your healthcare provider and not just the nurses the techs also need to be protected because you know they're the ones going in there drawing the labs mm -hmm. um, x-ray even the ones that are transporting patients up and down the hospital you know everyone needs to be protected because we need everyone to function. Make this hospital actually run, and if we're not protecting our staff, and everyone's getting sick. How are you going to run the company? Yeah, you know, it's it's all a chain of events. You know, like I said, it could be a domino effect. If one person's sick and no one's checking for that person, that person could probably be spreading it around the hospital and don't even know that it's happening. You know, you have to protect yourself. Like if you don't feel comfortable going in a room, you know, you have to speak up. Because, you know, I after I found out, you know, the patient is being moved to become possible uh, COVID, 
you know, I, I said something. I'm like, what do we do from this? Like, what do we do? Like, I did not care if I looked crazy talking to my manager. I'm like, I need to know what to do because I don't want to bring this home. Like, I took this um, COVID-19 serious before it, it even blew up like this because I did not want to bring anything home because the fact that I had a newborn and I did not want, you know, my family to get affected by any of this because, you know, I that that's what's really breaking my heart because the fact that I brought something home to my family and that was my biggest fear, cool. you know, since, since um, you know, when I gave birth to my son and I came back to work, you know, I've always had a yellow mask on my face. I don't care what day of the week, I don't care what was happening. That mask was glued to my face the moment I came into work. And the only time it's unglued to my face is the moment I out that door because I did not want, want to bring anything home, especially to my infant, because when I get off of work, he's with me all the time. In the video, you talked about there being an issue with the mask. Like you got, well, nurses having to only wear it for a certain amount of time. And a lot of nurses weren't aware of that. Well, that's what I was told. I don't know how they're um, teaching it in other hospitals, but that's what I was told. And that wasn't happening. Okay. So are you hearing any feedback now from like, your hospital, other nurses, or your colleagues about any changes being made and how things are happening for nurses because of your case? Um, I know the day that... Um, they actually found out I tested positive for this because um, apparently this was going to be something that was going to be on, you know, a hush, hush, because, you know, no one knew. And when my video got out and it actually, you know, started being seen by a lot of people in the hospital before it even went viral, like even, I think it was seen by like probably a hundred people, um, you know, they wanted me to take the video down. And didn't take it down because that's not right. I was around so many people that day, um, that Wednesday when I came to work and I was feeling sick. And I felt like they had to know this is what's happening to me. And not because I was looking for any sympathy. I want you to know this is what's happening to me. Like you need to be careful, you know? Like I wouldn't want anybody else to get sick. I wouldn't want anybody else to be going through because you know, I'm not in a good place. Well, we, we absolutely thank you for your honesty and putting out a lot of that information out there. I'd have to say your video is one of the things that made me start taking this a little bit, you know, more serious. It's like somebody that you, you know, connected to in a way and it's like, oh, wait a minute. So we thank you for that. And like I said, there's been a lot of comments of other people rallying behind you and thanking you for putting that information out. There's a lot of nurses thanking you. So... My mom made a comment. I remember we were not like, Monty's patient. And she's like, Yeah, okay, I see if I got fair, okay, why is it about it? So I was like, Oh, thank you, patient. So, no, thank you, you know, so much for um, being honest and even taking this time out and further talking to, um, you know, to us today. I'm like, I see all the questions. And we did say we we're going to take a few questions. Do you, you have your social media pages up? I'm like, let's. Uh, let me see. I tried to. A few questions outside of some of the things that I've already asked. Um, someone, well, I, I feel like we mentioned this, but someone, Fritz Berner, says, How are you feeling and how long did it take for you to feel somewhat normal again? Would you say you're feeling normal? Um, 
I'm not saying that I'm a hundred percent, but then again, you know, I'm probably never going to be a hundred percent getting over a sickness, but I feel great. Like I feel really good. Like I at home, um, I couldn't bend forward without feeling I had to cough or I had to catch my breath. Like right now I could get up and, you know, walk around, sit down, squat and do everything and not feel like I have to catch my breath. Um, one thing you do need to know about the antibiotic is that um, from what I was told by the pharmacy, there is a, a shortage that's happening on the azithromycin. For my uh, prescription, I was actually supposed to get um, 20 pills and I'm supposed to take two times a day. The pharmacy was only able to give me six pills and I'm supposed to get two refills because there's a shortage that's happening. So. You know, that, that right there is, I don't think the doctors in the hospital are aware that, you know, this is happening and I can't even really get that full prescription, like how they ordered it. So you're pretty much feeling better now on what you have and what you had and not what you were, you know, prescribed. Right. I feel like the more I hear about COVID-19, the more it just sounds confusing and just like, like <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to stay home because... <laughs> It's like the more you hear about it, it's like the more you're realizing this is not something people really should just be playing with in this whole concept of I'm going to be fine, I'm going to be fine. Like we really don't know. A lot of the things we're talking about is speculation or maybe like me even hearing you say that it took so long with all of your symptoms for your tests to come back positive or them not, like all of this stuff is like we really don't know. Right. So, so Gigi oh. Bell says, what did the administration do to the staff that was not providing you with patient satisfactory care? So she must be referring from your, your YouTube video. Um, basically, the last day when I was um, getting discharged, that's when I finally got the phone call from the CEO, the CEO, and the union. But I wasn't aware around that time WLRN wrote an article. So I got in the phone call from the union and they were asking me, you know, how am I doing? How am I feeling? You know, if you need anything, you can let me know. And um, you know, they did ask me about the nurses and I told them that since I've been in the hospital, um, the day, the moment I went on the floor, I was already like writing names of the nurses that were treating me right. And it was mostly, you know, the day shift nurses that were treating me right. So every great nurse that I had, you know, I wanted them to be recognized. I, I wrote their name down on a list. The nurses that I didn't feel like, you know, treated me right, I didn't write a name on the list. You know, I just left it at that. I was only taking names of the good nurse. So, you know, they did ask me, um, do I remember the name of the nurses that were treating me right? I told them, you know, I was only writing the nurse, writing the name of the nurses um, that were only treating me right. So I ended up sending the names of the nurses that were all treating me right to the CEO and the COO. And they asked me if I remember the name of the nurses that wasn't. I told them, you know, no, I didn't bother writing it down. And, you know, they just said that they're going to look into it. So, okay. you know, that's that. Okay. So Mary Joseph just um, made a comment. I'm going to read it to you in a little bit. And it's funny that she said this because I, I remember saying this to you yesterday. 
Like, I'm sure everyone's going through this right now. If you cough, if you, like, my throat's been itchy, my nose is runny, I was freaking out the last three days. Like, what is happening? Like, am I sick? Like, and I was reading all these different things trying to figure out, like, how do you know, like, what signs, like, with my runny nose versus some things I read says dry cough, running, dry cough means possible, possible COVID. And it was like different things online. So I want you to answer that a little bit about like, how did you, like, what should we be aware of and not so worried about? Um, but Mary Joseph said, I'm a nurse too in Orlando and I work on a designated floor to receive COVID-19 patients. This is my second week working and I'm starting to feel a tickle in my throat and I have an occasional dry cough. I told my managers, but they don't think it's a big deal. Do you recommend I get tested? Um, if you're working, especially on the designated COVID floor, like definitely just for your safety, I would get tested. Like if you know there's an area that you can get tested in your area, I would personally get tested just for precaution because you wouldn't want to bring anything home just for the precaution, you know, and have that clear mind that, you know, okay, I'm okay, you know, and it's just probably just a cough. So I would uh, recommend to everyone to basically listen to your body. You know, you know your body better than anyone else. You know, you know when you're feeling ill, you know when you're feeling, you know, up to your, uh, up to par. So I would say listen to your body and basically, you know, like, and listen to your thoughts. You're a nurse. You know, you know, your body better than anyone. I would recommend you, you know, go get swab just to be sure, just because of the fact that you're, you know, working around a lot of uh, positive COVID patients. So what does a COVID designated floor look like right now? Um, it basically looked like an uh, probably uh, isolation floor. Something like for me, um, everyone's gowned up and you know, like, um, how can I describe? I know my floor was a designated COVID floor, even though they wasn't calling it one because um, those were the doors that were actually like uh, uh, able to isolate a patient. So, you know, on top of that, you know, I know on that floor, everyone had a sign on the door. You know, everyone had to gown up and everybody had their PPEs on. So, you know, on top of that, if you're taking care of a COVID patient, we wouldn't want you to take care of another patient that doesn't have COVID. And then, you know, you're just walking around the room, not knowing what you're carrying from room to room. So it's better if you know you're you taking care of specific um, viruses in one spot. Yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely, definitely praise up for our nurses that are especially working on the designated floors. I've gotten messages and we've gotten videos and different things to these nurses working crazy hours. So we're definitely, you know, if you're a nurse right now, you're watching and you're on, you know, especially the ones in the designated COVID floor, we just want you to know we love and appreciate you guys. We're praying for you, you know, praying that you guys stay safe because, you know, you guys are on the front line and we appreciate you so much and we support, you know, we support you and what you're doing for us. You didn't, um, I'm trying to see if anyone's asking, you know, any other questions. So right now, so, you know, you're home, you're waiting for your family's results and everything else. Pretty much you're not working. Um, your family's not working. So they're, you know, everyone's pretty much isolated, even though they don't have a test. What can we do, you know, as a Haitian community? Yes. What can we do to support, you know, you guys right now, support you 
any further? Um, right now I have a GoFundMe page set up for my family because I know that um, I'll be okay when it comes financial wise, but you know, my father and my husband who's been basically been taking care of, you know, my son, you know, my mom is also at home. Um, we've, they've been isolated the whole time and their job don't have PTO, sick time off or, you know, or even workers comp or nothing like that. So they've been home the whole time. And unfortunately it's because of me that they're home and not working. And I have this GoFundMe set up for my family because, you know, even though I'm here, like I would not be able to help them as much as, you know, they need. Yeah. So well, I have a GoFundMe page set up. How do we find your GoFundMe page? Like, um, you should be able to find it uh, with my name. Um, I can send the link to you. Yeah. And I don't know if you'll be able to post it on the page because it is also on my Facebook page and it is being shared around by other people. So I can send you the link. Yeah, if, if, you can, like if you're it. on your Facebook right now, like if you can see our Facebook live stream and you have the link, you can paste the link in the comment section. Um, if anybody else that's watching have it right at this moment, can you please, you know, post it in the um, comment section for us? If not, we'll definitely update it at the top of this video and share it on our other socials, um, you know, for everyone to have the link. Okay. Okay. So I'll try to post it on the, the comment section yeah. while we're here. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, if you can get it in, that would be great. And so right now, once you're done, do you go back to work? Are you afraid to go back to work? I'm not afraid to go back to work. My job is my job, but <laughs> I would love to spend some time with my son first. I basically am not going to see my son for 21 days. And, you know, he's an infant. He wants to know where his mother is. And, you know, I feel like I'm missing so much. My husband's telling me that he's trying to walk. You know, he's basically growing his teeth. He's eating you know, solid is without really blending it. And, you know, I feel like I'm missing so much being here and, you know, seeing it from a video and seeing pictures, it's not the same. I want to hold my child. You know, I want to spend some time with my son before I go back to work. So hopefully, you know, that shouldn't be an issue so yeah. I can, you know, spend some time with him because 20 days, I've never even gone more than 12 hours without seeing my son. So, you know, you can imagine how this is yeah. killing me. Newborn, like you, seven months, you you still considered a newborn in mommy's eyes. So I yeah, <laughs> and you know that's my first child on top of that. So you know this is me. Oh well, we hope that you'll be able to do that very very soon. I see some people are you know sharing um the GoFundMe, so we can go ahead and you know support you in that way and i don't see any other questions coming in so what i will say is if you could give advice to anybody right now that's probably still not taking this as serious as they should you know what would that be i'm sorry i didn't catch the last part i said if you could share some some advice with anyone right now that's probably not taking it as serious um you know the people that continue to go outside what would that message be um, that message would be, you have to take it serious. You know, I'm an example, you know, and I took this serious the first time I heard about it. And, you know, I still ended up getting it like unintentionally. You know, I would, I would say, even if you're not taking it serious, at least take it serious for someone else by keeping them safe, 
by keeping your social distance from them. If you want to go out and have a good time, go ahead and have that good time by yourself, but leave everybody else out of it because I know there's people out there that are taking it serious and someone else around them probably isn't. And, you know, they're trying to do their best to stay safe. And, you know, some people are out there being reckless. I feel, you know, think of others. If you're not even thinking, if you're not thinking of yourself, just think of others. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you for taking some time out and talking to us tonight. So happy that you're feeling better. We hope you have speedy, 100%, like the guy said, normal recovery. And you can get back to your son, spending some time with your son. Um, so if you're watching right now and you'd like to get in touch um, with Aaron, Camila Bermudez, and we'll also our page. Um, we just shared the link um, for our GoFundMe page, and you can support the family um, through there. I was going to try to read it, but it's really long. But the link is in there. Reach <laughs> out, um, you know, contact her through there as well. And you know, we thank you. We, you know, really. Wishing speedy recovery. Um, any final Thank one? Thank you. Um, I don't know. <laughs> shout out to the husband, girl. Shout out to the husband. <laughs> yeah, shout out my husband, you know. <laughs> he has been like he, he's awesome. Like he's he's been awesome. Like if he could have laid in that isolation bed in the hospital with me, he would have. I this man was trying to get in that hospital. If he could have broken and found out where I was, he would have found a way in that hospital to be with me. Give me a shout out to my dad because he's been holding the fort down also. You know, my dad told me he's Haitian. He's not scared of Corona. If he has it, he's healthy. And he's going to keep taking care of himself. <laughs> Typical, because I, if I kick one more bowl of onion in my house, I'm going to go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so Thanks, to my family for taking this, you know, going with the punches with me. You know, I didn't ask to be in this situation. Um, you know, I didn't ask to be in this situation either, but, you know, we're going through it and, you know, we're going to survive out of this and we're going to get better and we're going to tell our story and let everybody know, you know, the outcome isn't always death you know, you can get better from this. Just actually take precautions and take care of yourself and take care of each other. So thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in tonight. We hope everyone is practicing, like they say, social distancing and isolation if you need to, following the rules for whatever you, whatever city you live in in these different times um, and these different requirements they're making for us. Um, and there's a, um, what do you call it? There's a series right now going out with Haiti that's saying, Wete Lakai. So if you don't have anywhere else to be, Wete Lakai. Thank you guys for tuning in. Until next time, good night. Oh, that was good.